welcome one and all to another episode of Marketing Meanders with Sally and Sam. Today it is part two of Analytics with Hugo Pickering and uh, we continue uh, the fascinating conversation and the expertise which Hugo has to share with us around analytics, customer journeys and uh, how we actually utilise data in our marketing to make it work for us and, and make some sense. So we look at uh, what should we be um, doing in terms of analytics reports, um, when we commission them, what, what should we be looking for in terms of those reports, how long should they be, uh, and what sort of areas in general should we be uh, looking for them to focus on, how do we distinguish in broad terms what's a, a good and effective uh, analytics report and a not so effective report, um, how can we decipher um, the changes in in uh, our analytics and, and what that means, what are the trends and, and what should we do about these these trends, what should we actually do with this information uh, and then also um, the customer journeys, who, who does customer journeys well or rather who is good at distinguishing a customer journey, measuring it with some meaningful analytics and then uh, reporting on it effectively, how's that done, who uh, does it quite well. That's what we'll be looking at today. So without further ado, I will be quiet and I will allow the conversation to continue. Enjoy. I know that sometimes when you've used, I've known people that have used external audiences and they said, oh, look, we give you this report every month and it costs me a fortune and I get 500 pages of report (laughs) and I have no idea what to do with it. Uh, well, a good agency will um, uh, will give you an executive summary to start off with. Um, some uh, salient uh, reports won't give you all of the detail about which IP address came from where, um, yeah. but give you an um, uh, 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 an overview that actually means something to the organisation, the business or charity or whoever it is that you're working for. Yeah. Um, just to make sure that it's not data for the sake of data, it's analysis for the sake of uh, change. And you're uh, you're actually making a difference to the uh, to the business um, by the data that you're providing to them. Otherwise, yeah, I, think- I mean, yeah, anybody can generate data, um, and it's too easy to just give a load of spreadsheets. I mean, you could just export the whole lot as um, as uh, 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 CSVs, um, uh, create a couple of graphs, and give them to. Oh. The, I mean, you know, that's the that's probably the easiest way to do it. And um, uh, the the marketing team will probably probably go, God. He really knows what he's doing. He's got loads of loads of data there, but it's got no recommendations and it's got no proper analysis of the data to ensure yep. that they can make um, a decision based on it. Yeah, that's exactly. I'm like, that's what makes good people like yourself just shine out because they're not just saying, "Oh, look, here's all this data. Isn't it exciting?" You're saying, "Look, you this. Look at all. We have got all this data, but I have now know that you should now be marketing to you. There's a huge market for you in Russia." Yeah. Perhaps you ought to be ex- changing your processes and we should do some specific marketing to Russia. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes it's not about recommendation. Um, you know, I wouldn't sometimes make a re- recommendation to somebody. I would provide them with the information that allows them to draw their own conclusions from it. Because sometimes it's not down to me as a, uh, an analyst of, uh, of data to make a recommendation based on what I know about the business. Yeah. Um, I would hope that I've been included in some marketing information to know where they're going in order, yeah. to, uh, <laughs> well, in order to be able to influence where they're going by looking back to see what's been uh, achieved 
then you can start to uh, uh, you know, define where the goals lie and, uh, and then how we can achieve them and how analytics can influence some of that. Yeah, I think that's I really, I think you've, I, you've highlighted something really key there, because I think it's very, it's far too easy for marketeers just to go, oh yeah, let's just dump all this analytics stuff on this outsourcing thing. We won't tell them anything, we won't share any of our plans with them, we won't share any other kind of tactics or targets, we won't do any of that, we'll just say, give us back the stuff. And that's our mistake if we, we then can't analyse or get the best from what the analytics is telling us. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, you know we need to be mindful of the uh, of the client's need and uh, and work on that as the uh, as the primary motivator, really. Exactly, exactly. And I think probably one of the most common mistakes probably is saying, "Oh, look, the analytics people will just do all do all that end of it. It's got nothing to do with me. I don't have to think about it. It's too difficult. That'll do." No, it's got to be integrated. Otherwise, it's uh, you know you, you can't have analytics as a standalone function. Um, yeah. It's got to be integrated within a whole um, team of other other individuals or um, or, or within the uh, the other functions that are going on. Exactly, exactly. This also ties in, I think, nicely in my mind anyway to what we were talking about the other day in our, our strategy, our strategic, operational, tactical um, uh, podcast we recorded, Sally. Where I'm thinking, you know, because one one of the things I remember from a, a, a uh, a SEO, SEO specialist, an analytics specialist I spoke to years ago said about don't pick out too much about just individual little pieces of data or instances or snapshots in time. It's trends. Trends yeah. are the things you need to look at. And I'm thinking, well, yes, that is very important. I'm thinking probably more trends is there, the strategic level, the strategy. What is our strategy for our web presence? And then if we understand what that is, then we can understand those trends that is are we are we match are we doing what we need to be doing with the website and our web presence towards us to meet our strategy then also the tactical level about this specific campaign has this specific campaign hit the people we wanted it to have they come to the website have they done what we wanted them to and found the the till and hit the buy now button and then more the operational i suppose analytics you can look at well does the site work does the customer journey work effectively so in my own mind anyway my my, I don't know, slightly strange mind, perhaps. So I'm trying to think it sort of aligns quite nicely on those three levels, do you think? Or does that just sound like a load of old tosh? No, no, no. I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, that's, uh, I was hoping we'd come on to sort of a more, um, you know, because I've talked about the granular information that's in there, but you don't, but you're not necessarily analysing at the granular level for, um, for trends and for um, information that will feed into a, um, uh, into marketing decisions. And uh, you know how you might modify a website is not about um, you know an individual journey. It's about uh, uh, how the mass or how the majority um, use a website, how they um, arrive at it, uh, what they do when they're there, and um, and hopefully what they uh, how many handbags they buy. Yes. <laughs> what do you when you work with people? What makes you think? Oh, this is going to be really exciting. I'm really interested in this. This is going to be thrilling. A, a client that says we really don't know what we're doing okay <laughs> no that's excellent <laughs> but we want to do such and such <laughs> no that um, makes a lot of sense yeah well it, it it means you've got um you you've got a clear run at it um and you're not trying to um unpick something that they've been told a million times by an agency who may or may not know what they've been doing or uh, an individual who's taken it on and hasn't delivered or whatever it might be. Um, yeah. Good example of that, I'm not gonna name any names obviously, but um, <laughs> uh, a, 
Um, a friend of mine who runs a business um, had employed a SEO and on, yeah, so more SEO consultancy. And um, they had been delivering reporting for quite some time. And he asked me to just come in and have a look at it. And I um, sat down and looked at the reports that he was getting. And it's like you said, Stanley, about um, you know just getting a raft of information and data that you really don't know what it is you're looking at. And, um, and we just sat there for half an hour, all looking at the same information. It's quite a few pages of it. And, uh, and then I said, okay, so what, what do you make of this? What, uh, well, well, it looks great, doesn't it? I mean, you know, we've got this many views and, uh, and that many um, hits and uh, we know what we're, what, where, where the traffic's coming from, right? So, so what? Well, that tells us that we're doing all right. I don't think we're getting this analytics thing, are we? <laughs> let's, let's look at why we're doing it. Why are you spending 500 pounds a month just on analyzing or just on a report that gives you 10 pages of data. You haven't got any information that allows you to make a decision that gives you um, some kind of understanding of your customers and thereby how you might modify your marketing to, uh, to meet their needs. And, and it was basically unpicking a lot of that, which isn't so easy because of course, you know, the, the agency feels that they're being, they're under the cosh. Um, uh, needless to say, they were fired after a short while. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Um, well, that's so, the sums up the critical difference between data and insight, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. Or understanding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, you know, data is, data can, can, can just be the worst thing if you're piling data on somebody. Uh, as I said before, you know, the, the, the marketing manager might feel that he's getting biggest bang for his buck because he's getting uh, 500 pages of, of data, but he's not getting any benefit from it. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And it's actually he's wasting everyone's time, energy and money. And the fact yeah. that it looks very nice at the end of their marketing report is possibly the worst possible conclusion for all that money spend, spent. Yes, yes, absolutely. It doesn't yeah. uh, doesn't inform. Yeah, it doesn't inform. That's right. I think people get frightened about analytics largely because people think, oh, God, a, <clears throat> I've got to understand it. It's got to, it's, and I've, it's got to be and it's really and they know it's really complicated. But actually, it's, as you were saying, it's actually not that complicated. What you are doing is looking at the trend line, as Sam says, of what's going on with your business. And that ought to be reflected in your income levels. So yep. if your trend line is saying you're having thousands of visits every day, but you've only sold one handbag in the last six months, yep. what you ought to be doing is saying, well, what am I doing wrong? What, why, why are they all visiting and staying for ages, but not buying a handbag? Yeah, yes. I mean, here's a good example. Um, uh, again, without naming any names, but um, a, uh, a customer who um, in their product inventory has sanitizing, hand sanitizing products. Um, and looking at their analytics since um, February this year, um, huge spike in, uh, in searches and, oh um, and, uh, and traffic arriving on their site. Yes. Nothing on the homepage that promoted the products, the very products that people are looking for. Um, and it just it baffled me as to why they hadn't done anything about it. And to be honest, I, I wasn't um, looking after their um, their analytics for them, but I just noticed during the summer. And of course, a little bit late to the party, but a change in their um, homepage strategy has elicited 
um, a huge number, and I don't know what the figures are at the moment because I haven't looked at the uh, analytics recently, but it's changed their um, their fortunes as far as uh, sanitizing products, <laughs> which they should have done back in February, March. <laughs> and they could have done it instantly if they just looked more intelligently at the data yeah. they had. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, the searches were arriving, but the products weren't immediately visible. Um, yeah. But they were uh, within their um, uh, within the keywords within the website. Um, the products were there, but they were a little bit too hidden to be uh, to be seen. Yeah. And the brand was known as a, uh, a, a product brand that included that within its inventory. So it should have been visible from uh, from the homepage or from their advertising. They weren't even running any Google ads. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I, I think is almost criminal. <laughs> Eek. I mean, you know, you, you, yes, in a good, in a in a in the ideal world, you wouldn't need to run the ads because the um, social media social search engine optimization and uh, and the the product optimization would sell them for them. However, in the real world, a lot of people are clicking on ads, which is why they're so damn profitable. Um, and uh, you know, that's the that's the way in which people find them. So you've got to ensure that every channel and every opportunity is open for uh, for those customers yeah that's right i think it's too it's too easy just to say oh um we're doing the best we can because actually there's always another way you can look at it you can always turn the shake the snow globe or you know turn it turn it round and something else will happen and it might even be influencing your brand it might yeah. be your brand that's the problem you might be having yes. a name or image all those things yeah absolutely yeah could, yeah. could well be all of those <laughs> I was interested in uh, something I mentioned earlier on, actually, as well, before we get to this juncture. It was around sort of linking up the bit of the journey, I think, around, you know, when people, I was referred to web presence, you know, so obviously all the social channels, all the other referrers we might have out there and, and the journeys we go on. Some, some examples I've had in the past where we've had some, we, we've had a major platform we've used, and we've had the analytics on the platform. Uh, so uh, this is actually LinkedIn, uh, for example. And then uh, we've seen people come through to the website and then we lose them. And we don't have that linking together. We don't understand, you know, you can sort of say, well, great, we're getting loads of traction here. There's lots of people coming in and we can see a certain amount of how many people are coming onto the site. But, you know, linking the journey together and that, that sort of attribution, proper, proper attribution, listen to me, that sort of slightly ever unattainable goal of like, you know, genuine or as genuine as you can have it in terms of the, the data uh, variances, the, the actual attribution and return on investment is clearly our sort of our, uh, our state nirvana state we want to get to that point where we can say yep what we're doing is, is has got this return on investment i mean are there any examples you have hugo as people who've done it really well and have actually been able to sort of be able to try and understand more about their their journey all the way through and then get as i say what i would describe as a good or an understandable or, or uh you know a, a more genuine sort of attribution and return on investment for their for their marketing spend um i'd say uh the best people at um, analyzing user journey and uh, and the whole life cycle of a uh, of a customer acquisition through to um, uh, in this instance donations is our charities um, who understand all these generally the uh, the more competent uh, charities um, are either advised well or um, or have a greater understanding of of the need to understand that user journey. And you know, a donor, you've only got one chance to, generally only got one chance to, um, to attract them, to retain them and to get their donation from them, mm. um, unless you've already 
uh, got a relationship with that individual. So if you've acquired a customer, uh, let's call them a customer. Um, if you've acquired a customer from uh, social media, you want to hang on to that customer to make sure that they become a supporter or a fundraiser uh, or a donor. So, you know, th those are the three categories of, uh, of people that you want to look after in a, uh, in a charity um, uh, fundraising situation. Um, you want somebody to support by going out and raising funds. You want somebody to donate by giving you the money um, to, to keep the charity going. Or you want uh, somebody to be a fundraiser to get other people to, um, uh, to, to, to raise funds to support them. So there are different opportunities. And it's about ensuring that you not only maximize the visibility to acquire that customer, um, but also ensure that you see that customer right the way through that journey from the acquisition on Facebook because they saw somebody's um, uh, triathlon that they were supporting um, and they decided they wanted to support that charity. If the user journey isn't easy and, and it isn't um, uh, a, a nice easy journey right the way through, then you're going to have lost that potential uh, donor, supporter or fundraiser. So it's really critical for um, charities to ensure that that is um, managed all the way through and they were probably probably the best as a cohort um, at looking at the user journey as the most valuable piece of information within the uh, within the data that they get so whether they're looking at um, Facebook um, to see who the individual is which obviously you can because you've got um, you've got more access to individual um, user identity than you have within your Google Analytics um, but then following through the journey and seeing that somebody has donated, you've then got the opportunity to, um, through, their web, through the website, for instance, you've then got the opportunity to get back to that individual and, um, and use the analytics to then track back to find out what that user journey was and then aggregate that across the, uh, the rest of the user journeys and, uh, and work out um, what's working, what's not working, um, how best to optimize and how best to, um, uh, to link your uh, social media channels much more effectively with the website. Yeah. Sorry, that was a terribly rambly answer. <laughs> no, that was a terrific answer because this is exactly uh, what we all ought to be doing. We ought to, I mean, that we did the whole meander about customer journey and it's knowing what where your customers are going and what they're feeling and what their touch points are. And I would yeah. think also, particularly for charities, you absolutely need to make sure you don't annoy them at any yeah. point and alienate them. So you've got to be very careful to know where their touch points are. Yeah, Do donating is a far more emotive um, action than uh, than buying a handbag. I'm afraid. <laughs> yes. Um, for not some, for that might not be the case. <laughs> if your name's Kardashian, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really interesting. I mean, and, and I think that's uh, it, it, it's really helpful to understand because there is that levels of, of sophistication. I suppose. I mean, if we start with our our simple website and then we go on to multiple platforms and then we start to I suppose again it's it's something where that I always say there's great opportunity and potential there isn't there with all the data all of the and the platforms we have the user-friendly um, intuitive systems that we can use and almost the fact that again we're going back to this thing of you can get ahead of yourself potentially or or, or you can you can actually end up going down a, a path which perhaps isn't isn't uh, as useful as we might think or, or, or you know you're not doing perhaps the, the technical setup as I say actually linking data uh, together and then getting intelligible reports which influence decisions and so therefore I think we're going back again really to the importance of you know getting somebody who can understand 
how these elements can work together the fact that you don't have to go for the the nth degree of sophistication in 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 your packages and setup necessarily but starting with the ba the basic the bedrock of foundation sort of understanding what 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 you're trying to do how you're trying to do it and then what you're trying to measure and i suppose yeah. testing really is part of all of that is before you're running out with anything is just testing and saying is what i'm doing is it providing any sort of rational result i almost go back to my maths teacher back in uh uh a secondary school sort of saying you know think about the hypothesis of a realistic result you know so 200 plus 250 is that going to be nearer over a thousand or is it going to be nearer mm. 500 you know are you in the right ballpark you know and then let's get into the the more the specifics there's almost that we're trying to get sense and sort of mm. feel for, for the right idea but sort of you know you need to know you're in the right the right yeah. area to begin with i think um i think one of the things that it used to be very difficult to you know to put a website up to get um, your social media sorted and it was difficult um, in terms of you know cost and resource you wanted to um, make things work um, firstly quickly and then you wanted to um, be able to uh, ensure that that was doing the job that you designed it for but it was then fixed um, a bit like a book you know you publish the book it's out there and or or a catalogue and um and it's it's there it's published and you, you made a mistake oh, fuck, oh we'll sort it out next time um <laughs> things are so different with um with digital media with um uh, the ability to modify your google ads um do a b testing play around with it make sure you've got the right um uh, the right focus the right um uh the, the right content the right landing pages um the right uh, uh page content and you know all sorts of things that you can modify really really quickly and easily and that gives it the flexibility that you can do the testing you can make sure that things are working in the way in which you want them to and then you can use an analytics to make sure that you are influencing the decisions thereafter to um make effective choices about how you're representing either product service or uh, or customers exactly I mean, analytics ought to become addictive you ought to become once you've got the hang of it and you feel and you feel comfortable with it you should want to dig into it all the time and i'm sure hugo you do feel about it like this but that actually oh bloody hell what, what effect has that had heavens i'm just going to go and look it shouldn't be something that you think about at the end of the month and feel a bit sick yeah um and then there's specialists who you bring in to look at the analytics for you of course <laughs> so no, I'm not absolutely I, I mean i'm not advocating everybody you know, sort of uh, uh, assigns it to um, to external parties but at the same time there is a role for specialists in every area to yeah. ensure that you are making decisions in the right way um, that you understand what you're looking at and that um, as things evolve you are keeping up with the um, changes that are that are made by services such as Google, you know, changing uh, analytics to GA4 in the last um, last few weeks, it's, uh, it's something that you can then be informed about rather than having to go off and learn it all for yourself, which might not be a, the best use of uh, a marketer's time. Exactly. It's, I mean, to be honest, it's for any size company, actually, but <clears throat> specialising is so important because if you're a, suppose you're a small business, you haven't got the time to do that level, that degree, the level of analytics um, thought that you want that you need done and outsourcing it is a perfect way to spend money absolutely perfect because if they, you get someone good they'll come back to you and say look here's the results and here is what you might want to think about mm. always difficult to find the right uh, the right company first off or the right um, individual or the right uh, organization who might support you 
um, there are probably a number of um, questions that you should ask a, um, a, a, an analytics company, a social media company, a social, uh, uh, sorry, a, an SEO company. Um, and I think, um, you know, sometimes you need to be really quite on it to know what to what to ask that company um, and uh, and how they should um, how you how you whittle out the um, the, the the wheat from the chaff. Um, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, there are quite a few people who profess knowledge in all of those areas, but um, don't necessarily have the experience um, or understanding of it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, I can't um, I can't steer people in the right direction all the time, but you can certainly put on the table credentials that uh, that show that you have a an understanding of uh, all of those services. Make sure that uh, that who you're talking to really understands that you are competent in that uh, in that yeah. um, service. And that you're going to contribute something valuable, actually, yeah. ultimately, because to a certain extent, there's got to be some kind of return on my investment in outsourcing yeah. this kind of service. So it's got to be, I've got to be able to say this will contribute to your ongoing um, revenue increase stream. This, this will help you get that target that you're getting yeah. for. And you've got to have that person. I, mean, I wouldn't want to work with anybody that didn't put that. The first thing on the table is how can we make you more money? Or yes. how can and, we promote your brand? And without totally contradicting what I said earlier on about uh, not making recommendations to, uh, to to customers necessarily, sometimes you are asked to make the recommendations because they don't have the uh, the insight um, within their um, their marketing to yeah. be able to make the decisions. If it's a small um, you know, you know a small company yeah. uh, with the managing director doing the marketing as well. He's not going to have the time or inclination to exactly. um, to look at how the marketing might influence his um, his sales um, using a um, an A/B testing um, process that might tell him that uh, he's doing things um, in one way and they could be better in another way. So exactly. you know, there are there are occasions where that um, uh, recommendation making recommendations is what's required, and you just need to tailor the um, the, the prospect. Uh, to your uh, your capabilities and uh, and their need. And do do you find with that? I'm imagining. I mean, certainly relationships where I've I've had specialists <clears throat> when I've been a marketing manager in a team. I've had specialists come in. I find them most rewarding. I presume most rewarding from the other side as well. Where um, you know you're, you're obviously as you say you're focusing on on your specialist area, but you're enabling them to. They don't have to spend the time doing the stuff that you can do far more quickly and efficiently um, with with greater expertise. But do you find that that can also in a in a in a, a symbiotic relationship where they they then start to be freed up for new ideas, new concepts, their their awareness improves. So you're helping them improve their their greater awareness of the whole business, the whole marketing approach, which then influences things they might want to come back and try, and then get you to, to see if they're working or not. Do you do you find that at all? Yes, and um, I think the analogy there is um, uh, is like looking under the bonnet of a. Um, uh, of a mechanic's car it's going to be uh, it's going to be a mess um, whereas he'll take great pride in looking after somebody else's uh, car making sure that it looks beautiful when he closes the bonnet and gives it back to the uh, to the owner it looks as though somebody's done uh, taken some pride in their work likewise within um, uh, within marketing i hope that you know we um, make recommendations to people um, that <laughs> yeah, i mean for instance <laughs> Don't look at my website, um, but uh, yeah, it's 
I already have. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, I, I, yeah, that's for a different purpose. But, uh, but it's that sort of um, idea that uh, somebody comes to, if I've, okay, so I have a business where um, uh, I, I have a cafe, <laughs> Cafe de la Poste in Chadlington. Um, yes, I manage the marketing, um, but on occasions I'd far rather give, some, give the, um, the design and uh, production job to somebody else to do um, because I get a different viewpoint. And, uh, and sometimes it's having the different viewpoint, um, somebody who has that helicopter view who can look at it more effectively and say, yeah, okay, so this is the way in which you go about things. Have you considered X, Y, Z rather than ABC? And you know, let's just look at um, how we might modify your, uh, your offering to, uh, to provide a different perspective on, uh, from a customer point of view. And you know, often the business owner will be looking at it from their point of view, far more than they'll be looking at it from the uh, customer point of view, which is obviously where we all start from. Yeah, that's right. And I think it's, a, and it's, you get, you always, always, always should let someone else look at your business always at some point, because you need that objective view, because effectively, perhaps you, Hugo, coming at it saying, this is what the analytics are saying, you're like a customer coming towards your, you know, you're the first viewer of this kind of thing, you're just like a customer, whereas owning your business, you're far too close to it, you're far yep. too inside it, you're far too obsessed by the fact that there's a spelling mistake on page six, and that's going to ruin your entire website. Actually, probably your customer will probably never get to page six, mm. um, and they certainly won't spot your spot your spelling mistake. So you need to have much more a different, a less subjective perspective. Yes, absolutely. Yep, can agree more. Yep. Well, that's been absolutely fascinating. I'm just thinking there's there's. I always say this every single time that there's so many things we can discuss and go on to, which there are. But I mean, you actually, the only thing I was going to cover, Hugo, was you've already mentioned um, the new Google Analytics uh, release. But are there any other things that people should be aware of in, in the world of analytics that are coming down the river with this with this with this world of change? We've had this last nine months. Certain things have accelerated and changed. People are probably even more online than they used to be. Some ways good, some ways bad. But is there anything else that, that out there? I mean, because I wasn't, I'm going to check out the new Google Analytics um, uh, um, interface if I can at some stage. But uh, is there anything else that's out there at the moment that, that you say is or coming down the river at us? Um, I think it, I, I think you're right in that the uh, the pandemic has probably changed the um, the ways in which data and um, and services and platforms are presented. Um, because people are spending more time at home, um, working from home, sorry, um, <laughs> big distinction, um, <laughs> uh, that has influenced the way in which people are looking at things because they're not looking at it through a corporate channel. They're not looking at it, um, you know, down the, the pipe of the, uh, of the, 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 the business that they're um, involved in. They're possibly looking at things from a more um, holistic um, view on what it is they provide, how they do it. Um, and that I think is influencing some of the ways in which um, data in particular is presented, um, which is probably one of the influences on um, Google Analytics uh, release. Uh, yes, they've been working on it for quite some time, but, um, but to come up with something that provides more information more easily, um, I think is pro probably partly driven by that, uh, that need to get the information um, more easily readable and um, uh, and, a, and a greater understanding um, within the within their customers. 
I don't know of anything else. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head that um, that is a new means of um, presenting um, data or presenting uh, marketing information for um, uh, for analysis at the moment. Um, but things change on a constant basis. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it is absolutely the case that um, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, Instagram um, and whatever other channel you want to name, they are constantly changing, um, constantly adapting, um, creating new um, functions that uh, that uh, people can use, making it more customer centric, uh, more user centric, and um, ensuring that people can get the greatest use out of the data that they are provided with to make the most informed decisions that they possibly can. So I think that's you know, my sort of um, takeaway for uh, for you. Great. We all need to recognise that it's all, as everything, is all around the um, customer, and it's our customer we need to be supporting. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I was also just wondering, Hugo, could you could you let people know where where to find you? And and uh, obviously, we, we know what we we certainly know the areas you cover. But uh, is there are there particular the best way for people to to find you or connect with you uh, on the back of this? Well, the easiest way is just to Google my name, Hugo Pickering, or just go straight to hugopickering.com. And you'll find me from there. And plus my uh, social media channels are all uh, on the same uh, same basis. Brilliant. Well, I just remains me and uh, to say thank you very much for, for, your, for your time today. It's been uh, truly fascinating uh, uh, ramble or meander, I should say, really, through through the world of, world of analytics. And uh, certainly we'll come out uh, le learning new, new insights and... Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll be avoiding the, the sparkly pie charts on the Monday morning marketing reports, uh, which are not making sure they're meaningful um, uh, for in, into the future. So thank you very much. I've really appreciated uh, all your insights today. It's been very interesting. Well, I've been very uh, it's been very enjoyable um, joining you on your meander down the river, and I'm glad we haven't fallen in. <laughs> thank you. Well, thanks once again to Hugo Pickering there. Um, fantastic uh, episode, I'm sure you will all agree. Um, and uh, hopefully we might be able to talk to Hugo again at some stage in the future because there are so many topics we could go into with him. Um, so that's it for today. We are available on uh, Twitter, as usual, which is at MeandersPod, or on our email address, which is MeandersPod at gmail.com. We look forward to talking to you in the run-up to Christmas, and uh, keep an eye out for new episodes on the way. Um, in particular, we're looking at uh, websites, and then also we uh, will have a few conversations about budgets and budget cuts coming up. So please keep an eye out and share the pod with whoever you think might be interested. Thanks very much, everyone. Take care. Bye for now.